0: Recently, I was out shopping in a thrift store Um, and you need to know that it's a thrift store because you need to really understand the scene for the rest of this. Thrift stores have a different feel because like they just don't have the budget to make it like super brightly lit and cutesy and blah, 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 blah. It's pretty much just like racks of clothes and it's men and women's clothes. So I'm like rummaging through this bargain bin in the corner and behind me, I can hear these two dads talking to each other. And they're like extremely broy, and I know this immediately because the one guy, the one dad, turns to the other dad, and he's like, "God, I was supposed to be playing baseball. Oh, but it's to come here to a store." And I, I swear, he really said it like that. Like he was very humongously, exaggeratedly upset. And then the other guy. The other dad was like, oh, that's the worst, you know? Oh, I hate having to be here, watching our wives freaking shop. Like, think about it. What if some chick walks by and sees us in here and thinks that we're gay? Now, at this point, I almost like spit out my mask into the bargain bin. <laughs> there are so, so many things wrong. They said two sentences to each other, but yet there are like 12 things wrong with this statement. First of all, the fact that this guy is so upset about missing baseball. I don't know if he was like supervising practice or like playing with his friends, but like presumably something that will happen multiple times. And like, if it's that important to you, you can communicate that. I mean, I don't know his marriage, but you know what I mean? If it's a major deal, I feel like you wouldn't skip it to just like run an errand with your wife. You're an adult, you can advocate for that. Second of all, the fact that there was so much disdain over that they would have to be in a store with clothes, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that was gross now. I didn't realize there were like stereotypes associated with that. And like I said, I mean, any store is fine, but it was not like a frilly, girly, decorated store. You know what I mean? So... That's weird. It's like, why are they so disdainful of, like, clothes? Like, clothes in general offend you? And then we move on to the real kicker, which is people might think we're gay. First of all, both of these men were here with their wives. So, like, they were clearly referring to other women that they might find attractive, who might walk by and see them and then think that they're gay. Why the fuck do you care? It does not matter who hits on you. You chose to marry somebody. And I was in a pretty like young neighborhood of a city and it's a store that mostly caters to younger people as well. So like the people here are in their like teens, twenties, maybe thirties. Like not any adult women that would even be this guy's age range. So even creepier that like, they're trying to, like they're thinking that they would have had a chance with these like 25 year old women. But now they won't because people think they're gay. And then to think no one is looking at two middle-aged dads looking like two middle-aged dads and thinking, oh God, I bet those men are gay. The assumption that shopping makes you seem gay is something that's never really made any sense to me. Um... I thought that clothes were universally understood to be like a thing that can make you look more attractive. Like this is supposed to be an asset to all of us. And you can use clothes to style yourself to look better to look worse. Shopping doesn't make you gay. It could have made you a good looking straight man. But it didn't. This is Camelia. Please pick up the phone. It has come to my attention that there are people out there in the world who are hiding their true selves from their best friends and loved ones. You think you know somebody. You think you know their ins and outs and that you care about each other and that you have no secrets left to share. And then all of a sudden, one day, you go to their house for the first time or you meet their family. Or they say an offhand comment and all of a sudden you realize they are rich. Like so rich. And then you have to sit there wondering, do they not know that they're rich? Do they just think that this is the level of lifestyle that everybody has? Or are they hiding it? Because they know that for some people it kind of changes how you're perceived. This is what I like to call closet-rich people, and it's a phenomenon I first encountered in college, which, you know, for a lot of people, the first time you move out of your parents' house is when you suddenly get to control a little more of how people see you, you sort of get to reinvent yourself. All of a sudden, I would hear somebody say something months into knowing them and be like, oh, oh, y'all have a second home. I want to equip you all out there with the knowledge to steer clear of this deception. So, I have been studying, and I've come to you today with my top signs of someone's closet richness. There are different kinds of rich. Obviously, property value changes a lot by area. So, I have been studying this for a while, and I have come up with my top surefire signs in somebody's house that they are rich, rich. This is science, guys. Okay, buckle up. Um, Number one is stones. Normal rich people have really well taken care of grass. Rich, rich people have stones or something else weird instead of grass. Like... If there is a section of their yard that is just like perfectly cut stones, like not actual rocks, but like polished stones that are like laid flat to make almost like a tiley effect, um, they are rolling in dough for sure. Number two is faucets. Again, this is kind of a small oddball one, but I stand by it. I think faucets will tell you the difference between somebody who's trying to seem like they have money and somebody whose great-great-grandfather did some fucked up things for a lot of money. If somebody has a faucet that's made of a weird material that you know they had to special order, obviously, but especially if it's like, if it looks like an open pipe or the water just like falls out of it, money. Um... Bonus points, if it's, like, the water's falling out as though it's out of an animal's mouth or tongue, hella money. Um If the faucet handles are the two handles and they're, like, super swoopy, you already know. Number three, where they throw out their trash. Because um, this is one of those things that, like, nobody cares about. Like, you could have a really nice house, but, like, why would you need to make the trash fancy, just, like, have a trash can. If they have a specialized compartment that will pop out at an angle, especially one that you just press and it'll do that, you don't even have to open something, as though you can't even, like, bother to open the cabinet yourself, um, that's hella money. Extra bonus points if they have a, like, trash chute system so they don't even have to take their trash out themselves. But yes, any sort of weird compartment that is, like, Especially been made to fit a trash can instead of like putting a trash can under the sink or like by the edge of a counter like most people. Absolutely a sign. And number four is what their Tupperware looks like. Stay with me here. Takeout restaurants have a lot of nice containers now. Like I feel like I've never actually purchased Tupperware they just kind of like end up with containers and I use those. If somebody has really nice Tupperware that they clearly bought in a set, that's Fancy Pants' mindset. Like they paid attention to making sure even their Tupperware matched the vibe of their house and of their aesthetic. And especially if it's glass, that's crazy. And those people have more faith in themselves than I do. Also, I feel it is my duty to mention Not just signs of crazy money, but also some fake signs. Some red herrings, if you will, that will throw you off. Things that you think are an indicator of wealth, but they're honestly not. The first one, and this gets me a lot, is fancy soap brands. I used to think that if somebody had Mrs. Myers, like if they took, if they spent the extra couple dollars to buy the organic-y stuff, just kind of artfully chose their like scents and kinds of household cleaning products, that that was a sign. But it's not. And I've seen plenty, plenty of people on a very regular person budget who somehow also have like a fancy soap with like swirly font all over it. Um, Extending that air fresheners. Don't know if this is just a my family thing, but my family never had air fresheners, so I did think that they were, like, the height of luxury. Um, or incense, which is obviously even fancier, but it's not. That's a regular person thing. Last but not least, coats. Um, having a ton of coats, it seems like you have one coat for, like, every single possible weather day. There's no real thought into this, except that I feel that we're transitioning to a jacket-heavy society. You know what I mean? People love a jacket nowadays. So even though somebody might have the most elaborate coat closet of all time, I don't think that that is a sign. I think that will throw you off of the truth. Yeah, stay safe out there, folks. Have you tried elitism, but you need something with a stronger punch? Do you already know that you're better than people? but need a way to prove it? Try walking on escalators. There's no better way to show superiority than walking on an invention that was literally created so people wouldn't have to walk. Walking on escalators believes that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be bold. It's okay to yell, excuse me, at people just trying to enjoy their ride up an escalator. Walking on escalators guarantees that you'll get there faster. Three seconds faster, to be exact. Thank you, Walking on Escalators, for supporting this podcast. And remember, Walking on Escalators, for when you're in a hurry, to prove a point. Sometimes people will talk about the differences between generations and how like, technology has just made it so that there are some things that our parents will just never understand because they would never have had to go through it. And one of those phenomenons is fake sugar daddy DMs. This is, this is really like a phenomenon in nature that puzzles me more than any other. More than the lunar eclipse, more than the aurora borealis, more than tsunamis. Something that is a freak accident of nature is fake sugar daddy DMs. If you're not familiar with these, basically... People will send you a private message, usually on Instagram, but could be on other social medias too, basically acting as though they are looking to pay you money in exchange for either something sexual or some other kind of like favor. But they're so clearly false. Like obviously that is a real thing that happens that people do. But it's so obviously a bot because these people will send you messages that are just not even a little bit close to the way any actual human would speak. <laughs> I'm going to read a few of them because I feel like if you're not familiar, like you need to understand exactly the type of thing um, I'm talking about here. Here is a man named Roberts with an S. His, his bio says stay blessed, love all and work hard. All caps, Stephen, Rob, lowercase, heart. And he has a few pictures, one of them is captioned, Handle business good today. Like, this is clearly not a real human being. But, even if I didn't know that from the profile, I would know that from his message, which says, Hey, I'm sorry if this offends you, but I find you really attractive, and I'd love for you to be my sugar baby. Just letting you know my intentions, in case you will be interested. Let's talk terms, like a weekly allowance. Just basically paying for your time. No sexual relationships. I'd love to set you up with a weekly allowance of about $500. There's really weird, like, you basically hit enter in between, like, every phrase. So there's, like, weird spacing between all of these. I am no expert in sugar daddies. I'll admit it. But I don't think that anybody would start out the gate with something like that from somebody that they don't know at all. Okay, and here's another one where this account called Fit Girls just says, hey they're gorgeous, are you on the market for a sugar daddy? And then there's another one where a guy just said, are you a cam girl? I think I've seen you somewhere. But the bio of his account says, peace is not my religion, it's my way of life. Um, and they all kind of have this like weird way of speaking that just doesn't sound like any human on planet Earth. There's a couple buzzwords that are always in there. They always, like, mention money, but in very loose terms. They'll just be like, I make many millions. Or they'll be like, I'll pay you lots for some things. And it's also always says something about being, like, loyal, honest, trustworthy. They're like, I want a loyal sugar baby. And they're like, I will spoil you. They just sound so strange, and I don't mean that, like, somebody's writing this in English as their second language. I'm saying this, like, just the way that, like, bots sound. It's obvious. It's just very obvious when it's, like, a person did not sit down and, like, personally write this to me. This has been generated, and and then somehow it just ended up in my social media inbox. But the thing about that is like, who is sending them? Because like these people are not real, right? Like these guys with like photos of watches on their Instagram, but who only have like 12 followers. Like like, if you have that much money, you would never be DMing me. Like these are not real people with real accounts. So then that begs the question, who is sending them? In my head, I can only picture this as like a call center Basically like a telemarketing floor Like you see an entire like wide open space with cubicles in it And then like at every desk it's just a phone And then like a script Except instead of you know people picking up and dialing the phone Everyone's just like frantically sending out DMs as fast as they can For their like fake catfish sugar daddy account And from now on, that is the only way that I will accept that these things happen. Like, I like to think that it is like a whole business model. And they're like, all right, send them some sort of compliment, but make it creepy. And then you're going to want to mention something about the amount of money you make or your lifestyle. And then you're going to want to say that you're looking for a loyal, honest, sugar baby. And then you're going to want to throw them bone about, um, how much money you could have, your luxury, your lifestyle, how much you could offer them. And then you're going to want to close with saying it's not necessarily about sex. And then I'm just picturing people, you know, like getting a job, starting, and then all of a sudden they're like, hello there, um, your body has been burned into my brain, uh, I am looking for a loyal, honest young woman to spoil as my sugar baby. I am a a man with so much money, I love to spend my money on money things. Um, And I would love to spend my money on you for not even necessarily sexual things. Okay, bye. (laughs) Um, And that is how they end up sounding. And so I absolutely think that people fill the shit in like mad libs. I'm picturing, like, if you've seen The Wolf of Wall Street... There's this scene where um, Jordan Belfort is talking about how to like sell a pen and he's like screaming across like this whole giant floor of his office and he's like everyone needs to go, 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 we're on a farm, and everyone's like yeah, money scamming." That's honestly pretty much what the whole movie sounds like. Um, So if you haven't seen it, (laughs) now you don't need to. But, um, that's what I picture except, like, with, again, sugar daddy DM equivalent. People are like, you're gonna go out there. They're like, yeah, we're gonna go out there. They're like, you're gonna pose as a rich man. We're gonna pose as a rich man. You're gonna find photos of old shirtless attractive men. Old shirtless attractive men. And you're gonna go out there and you're gonna tell women you're gonna pay them. Yeah! What they're actually trying to do, I have no idea. Like, I I don't know. Are they trying to, like hack into our accounts, get money from us like I don't I've never actually like responded back to any of these people so I don't know what their end game is but I do think that with the amount of these messages that are being sent it absolutely has to be churning out as fast as freaking all those workers in the Wolf of Wall Street selling penny stocks like that is the pace of business. Okay, I guess that's not really the only thing that there is to know about the Wolf of Wall Street. But the only other thing you need to know is that it's, like, really just about how hot Margot Robbie is. Like, it's screaming about scamming people and then Margot Robbie. Now, I watched The Wolf of Wall Street with a group of dudes, and that was kind of a weird experience that I don't really feel like I need to relive. Um, As you can expect, as soon as Margot Robbie came on the scene... I kind of was, like, I feel like I'm intruding on a moment that, like, I did not need to be a part of. Like, I did not need to know what it was like to watch straight men watch a woman that they're in love with in a sex scene. You know? They weren't, like, being creepy. They weren't, like, you know, screaming about her or anything. But it was just, like, all of a sudden this look of, like, (laughs) bliss and awe. Like, everybody has glazed over eyes. I'm looking around. You know, I'm like, should I get more popcorn? They're like movie I'm like okay honestly just doing anything where you're the only woman with your group of guy friends and they're all very into some hot ladies is just like a harrowing experience since it was just Halloween I feel like this is my only chance to get to tell this story this is from Halloween many years ago I had a friend who loved amusement parks so for his birthday every year which was right around Halloween we would go to haunted version of an amusement park so this year, it was, like, midway through high school, so we're all maybe, like, 15. The age is definitely important in this sort of scenario. So we roll up. It's, like, a group of dudes and me. And we decide to go to the haunted houses. We picked this one called Club Blood. And Club was really right because um, we walked inside and it was, like, basically a strip club but on and out the walls like basically the walls were like cages and there were half naked like teenage and like 20 something ladies dressed as vampires writhing up and down the walls so it was not very scary and my friends took their sweet time and just having to watch them all like gasp and stare at these women, <laughs> it was such a funny experience, I will never forget from that age. I was like, whatever, they're hot, like, come on guys, can we not be here forever? Like, I was really not experiencing whatever they were going through. And then we get out, and I turn around to look at them, now that we're not in this, like, dimly lit whatever place, and all of them, like, truly look like they just found religion for the first time. They look like they had just met their lord and savior from above. <laughs> and I've never seen four boys filled with more wonder, joy, and just delight at one time. To this day, I'm like, I don't think I've ever been as happy as a 15-year-old boy in a haunted house that turned out to be sexy. You've reached the voicemail of Camelia. Please hang up and dial again. for listening to this episode of pick up the phone our show would not be possible without the support of our amazing team our executive producer is Camelia pastor our audio editor is Camelia pastor our graphic designer is Camelia pastor our marketing team Camelia and pastor sales and analytics camellia pastor and of course this season's intern is Camelia pastor